Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Bob Seska. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 54 of the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is the last episode of the year, in fact, so very exciting. Um, We're closing out 2022 here with my good friends and co-workers, Bob, Justin. How are you guys this morning? Hey, Ben. Doing good. Yeah, pretty good. So we're recording on Friday. Uh, We were prepping for the show yesterday, and then um, all hell broke loose. On Twitter, basically, so okay. we've, we've had to, we've basically had to scramble to to again. Like I feel like every podcast we do, the news changes so rapidly and things are so crazy in America um, that we have to um, scramble at the last minute to figure out what the hell is going on. So anyway, in the show today, we're going to be talking about Elon Musk suspending journalist journalists he doesn't like on Twitter. Uh, we're going to go over the Twitter files. We did a bit, some big investigative work on that to, um, this week. Justin wrote an excellent piece. Apparently, the GOP is going to be investigating um, someone over the Twitter files. I don't know. Uh, we have Trump trading cards. We have digital Trump trading cards, uh, which is one of the funniest pieces on the week. We're talking about Bob's uh, fantastic article on supposed alleged liberal media bias and our Republican congressman, former Republican congressman Joe Walsh's response to that, which was uh, quite exciting on Twitter. We have our both sides segment, and then we are going into uh, the members only podcast uh, where we're going to be doing a review of 2022. The name of the podcast is 2022 What the Fuck Just Happened. <laughs> so, okay, this story um, broke. Uh, yesterday, basically last night, about Elon Musk suspending journalists that he doesn't like, right? So uh, he suspended, uh, who did he, Donny O'Sullivan, uh, that was CNN's Donny O'Sullivan, the Washington Post, Drew Harwell, Ryan Mack um, from the New York Times, uh, Keith Olbermann and uh, Aaron Rupert as well, who was taken off of Twitter. Uh, This was fairly sort of, dramatic right and um <laughs> I, like yeah. to say the least right uh, and came out of nowhere and i f- it was particularly crazy given these twitter files revelations right so we just had this whole twitter file dump um that and and elon musk pledged to be transparent about we were going to see you know what was going on behind the scenes at twitter why they were uh, supposedly suppressing conservative commentators um, a conservative account. And then just days later, he suspends a whole load of liberals um, or, or not even liberals, just journalists, just some of them just good, just sort of straight arrow journalists for no apparent reason. Um, and uh, there's been some chatter on, on his account of doxing, you know, so he suspended that account the account that was tracking his private jet movements. And apparently some of those journalists that he banned had linked to that or something. So Elon Musk claims that that's doxing and that could get him killed. So, um, therefore, assassination coordinates, assassination, assassination coordinates. coordinates. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's like, I mean, okay, all right, drama queen, relax yeah. yourself. Right. Oliver Willis posted a picture of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio as Howard Hughes, like naked in that theater with all the bottles of urine lined up <laughs> along the wall. Brilliant. <laughs> perfect oh metaphor for Elon, sure. Brilliant, brilliant. I mean, it, it, I struggle to really, I, I finding the words to describe how unbelievably hypocritical, hypocritical and ludicrous um this is becoming i mean he's having a full kanye like he's going crazy like this is not the sign of a well person right the guy is tanking the price of of tesla like the tesla stock is just in the toilet 60 percent down from uh the last six months right uh so tesla price is going down also, you've got he's driving Twitter into the dirt. I mean, I don't know what advertisers are going to be happy, you know, having their products on that. And also, there's a huge, there's a mass exodus of people um, leaving the platform. I mean, it's, it's it's huge. I'm on this new social network post post news. I would certainly encourage people to check that one out. That's the one that I'm finding the most fun um, and and the best thus far, the best designed and. The amount of people there, it's crazy. Like every every post is like, hi, I'm a Twitter refugee. I hate that platform. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, what do you guys make of it? I'm just, I'm curious. What's, what's your thoughts? I mean, it's obvious he's he's just throwing temper tantrum of a temper tantrum. And, you know, no one's there to tell him no or even to suggest, hey, maybe not do that because, you know, he'll just fire them. Mm. And no one, you know, he's 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 in that billionaire bubble where no one dares say no. So mm. he's just doing anything that comes to his mind, and it's just he doesn't care how he looks. Not really. Like he kind of does, and then he tries to backtrack, and then he makes himself look even stupider. Mm. Like he's got a poll up now about whether or not he should unsuspend the accounts that he suspended. It's like really, right. oh my! I mean, we saw this with Trump. Except, you know, he was president and it was just even worse when he had that much power. But he's just doing this in real time and it makes him look like a, a, a psychotic. Like he's having a real serious mental breakdown, which he may or may not. Or he just may, this is what it looks, looks like to be a billionaire. But now we're all seeing it in public in real time. And it's awful. It's absolutely awful to be in that world. So yeah, yeah. it's just blech. Yeah, the thing I can't get past is um, here's something I've been struggling with, just to be perfectly above boards about everything that's running through my head regarding Elon Musk. I have been extraordinarily critical of uh, Bernie Sanders' style of politics. I'm not saying necessarily his policy platform, but his kind of spoiler nature in the Senate, where he'll throw poison pills in there now and again just to make a point, et cetera, and um, he, but I will tell you this, <laughs> I'm beginning to really seriously embrace the wisdom of the threat of billionaires like Elon Musk. Oh my God. The point Jesus where Christ. I feel like, you know what? <laughs> Got to bring back that 90% tax rate on billionaires. Eat the rich. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what would be the harm if you taxed Elon Musk back down to netting hundred million a year? Do you think Elon Musk for a second would starve taking home 100 million a year uh, rather than being what, what's his net worth? What are the latest estimate somewhere in 200 billion, something like that? Mm. Yeah. 
you know what? Fuck that. This guy has way too much power. He is, at least he believes he's untouchable because of that, uh, that status. Mm. It seems to me as if this is something that uh, we have seen lots of warning signs, obviously, and we've seen very wealthy people abuse their power. I've always said I'm much more afraid of a white guy with a briefcase uh, in, uh, you know, in uh, uh, the Southern District of Manhattan, <laughs> you know what I mean, down in the Wall Street area than I am of anyone else in the United States as far as the the potential for harm and criminality. Uh, and you know what? You got to put Elon Musk in that category, too. He is doing this because of his fuck you money. Or that's what that's not why he's doing it specifically. That's why he he can do it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what's allowing him to do it. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the ability to be able to do this and be more or less untouchable. Let's say Elon Musk lost half of his fortune in mm. the next year because of all this Twitter fuckery. Jesus Christ, he would still be worth a hundred billion dollars mm. if he was worth. I mean, it's it's staggering to think of that amount of money. No one person should have that level of power over everyone else. Unelectable people, especially, yeah, or unelected people. So that's where I am right now. I mean, obviously, uh, there are lots of details that we can talk about with regard to what he's doing specifically with Twitter. But the reason he can do it is because he is worth so much money and just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, it is kind of scary to see what a billionaire can do, right? Just, just, just because he's doing this just because, right? The whole Twitter files thing was was so, like you know Elon Musk is not a trained journalist. Elon Musk has he's been spreading flipping QAnon consp- like he's asking people to follow QAnon accounts. He's he's asking he wants to prosecute Anthony Fauci um, because he doesn't understand the science of vaccines. Uh, he I mean this is it's crazy that someone like that can have so much power. Over public discourse, I, I mean, right, he's an agent of chaos. I think, Bob, you've been using this term a lot as well, right? The guy is just an agent of chaos. That's why, I, I mean, I wrote this a piece this week about, you know, is Elon Musk a Russian asset? And I'm, look, and I do I think that the Russian government has compromise on him? No, maybe, I don't know. Uh, but I do think that people need to start asking some very serious questions about Musk. Uh, who he knows in the Kremlin, uh, because we know that he's taken Russian money, Hyperloop, right? It's funded by the Russian Sovereign Wealth Fund. Uh, we know that, you know, he has links to the Kremlin. They invited him to do a talk. Uh, some guy in the Kremlin invited him to do a talk with students in Russia last year. Uh, he, you know, he was planning on opening Tesla factories in Russia. Uh, he released a peace plan on Twitter uh, that heavily favoured Russia, where he knew very specific information about water supplies to a particular region in uh, um, the Crimea Peninsula. Yeah, the Crimea Peninsula, right? How does and he it's know not, this? Yeah, it, it, it's nothing that he would ever know about on his own. Right, 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 right. He would never know about this and, and, unless he'd been talking to Vladimir Putin, which he denied. Uh, and I think there's considerable evidence that he actually did speak to Vladimir Putin, given he told journalists that he did and then denied it. So where's his money coming from? Who's he been talking to in the Russian government? 
And uh, I think these are questions that all need to be asked of, 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 of Elon Musk. I'm not saying he's a Russian asset. I'm saying we need to start asking some very hard questions, take a very hard look at who this guy is, how much money he has and the, the influence he has on Twitter. I mean, the behavior is absolutely crazy. I mean, look, look, I mean, look speaking about a different angle on this, right, the journalists who, um, who broke this, Barry Weiss and Matt Tybee, and there was another guy, what was his name, Schellenberger, yeah, he, I'm sorry, like, you didn't put you didn't put the quotations around their names loud enough. I didn't hear the quotations. Well, journalists. journalists. Yeah, yeah supposed journalists, right? So if Elon Musk seems to think that Matt Tybee and Barry Weiss are um, independent journalists or neutral journalists, they're not. Um, and this story has has been to to me like it seems like one of the most embarrassing episodes in both of their careers. Right? They flew out to San Francisco. Musk flew them out. Uh, probably wind and dined them, said, look, here's, you know, I'm going to give you access to these Twitter files. You can put them on your accounts. Uh, you, you know, it's going to be a huge breaking story. The story were, the stories were not, there was nothing original. There was nothing we didn't know already in them. Uh, but one of the things that I noted that Tybee wrote, for example, Tybee talked about chilling Democrat, democratic efforts to suppress free speech on social media, Right. Then days later, literally days later, Elon Musk boots off multiple journalists uh, for not violating any Twitter rules whatsoever because he doesn't like them. Right? How? And then what? What has Barry? As of Friday, as of publishing this, Matt Tybee and Barry Weiss have said nothing about this. Absolutely nothing. Right? Um, Barry Weiss's wife sent out a post today on the on the Free Press site that they just started saying she doesn't agree with it but like where's barry weiss on this i want to hear what she has to say and then we've got uh glenn greenwald right <sighs> glenn greenwald this is what so glenn greenwald has again disingenuously been using this to attack liberals right again right so he says uh he says um uh, watching the same liberal corporate journalists who explicitly agitated for a regime of social media censorship suddenly and righteously wrap themselves in the flag of free speech is simultaneously nauseating and hilarious, but also encouraging and inspiring. Welcome indeed. He's so full of shit. He's, we were talking about, this is exactly what we were talking about right before we started. He's so full of shit because that is not what any of them are saying. None of them are screaming about their First Amendment rights and free speech. They're all saying the same thing. Elon Musk is a fucking liar and a hypocrite because he explicitly said this is exactly what he wouldn't do. Mm. And then he and this whole thing about Twitter files is how gasp, shock, horrible that Twitter would do such a thing. And then he went ahead and did it only because he was a little slightly annoyed at these journalists and they were saying things about him that he didn't like. And that's why he did it and for no other reason. And, of course, Glenn Greenwald is all thrilled about it because he's been screaming bloody murder that the press hasn't been picking up his story, that, that they haven't been picking up the Hunter Biden rehash story. Right. He's furious about that. He's been screaming about it. And I've been, you know, I've been eating popcorn watching it because it's funny as fuck. But he's been really, really mad about it. And now he's like, ha-ha, you guys got punished. And that's all he cares about because he hates the media. He hates the press because all he ever wanted was to be considered a, a real little boy, and he's not. They all consider him like garbage under their shoe because he's not. He's a highly partisan right-wing hack, 
and he gets no respect outside of Fox News anymore. And now he's, you know, this is like, haha, you guys all got stepped on and I'm here to laugh at you. So, but he, ha- he can't actually say that. He has to pretend, you know, that he's the moral authority because that's his whole shtick. I fucking hate him. He's I, I wonder if trash. he realizes, and, and maybe he does on some level, because whatever you might say about Glenn Greenwald, he's not stupid. Right. But no, he really isn't. And that Greenwald makes it worse. And, yeah. I mean, Greenwald and Taibbi are participating in the newest iteration of the liberal media bias myth. That's what the Hunter Biden stuff comes down to. That's what uh, Elon Musk is engaged in right now. Uh, as far as the Twitter files go, this is uh, this is the same shit that we've been seeing for 50, 60 years. Mm. And uh, segueing directly into what we're going to discuss later about Joe Walsh. Uh, This is all part of that. This is all to say, oh, look at this, another media platform that's biased toward liberals. But it's not. How Mm. many times do we have to actually bring up facts like internal Twitter memos that say, oh, yes, our algorithm is artificially favoring conservative politicians, not just in the United States, but in Japan and Germany and the UK and France and so on. It's a a statistical fact that that's what happens. Meet the press, Mm. statistically, the Sunday show, statistically, loaded with conservatives. All right, I'm getting ahead of ourselves. But that's, that's essentially when we're talking about Elon Musk, Glenn Greenwald, Matt Taibbi, Barry Weiss, we're talking about the liberal media bias myth. Mm. Yeah, right. And it, and it is. And, and I think that they were sort of useful idiots in promoting Elon Musk's story, right? So it, it's part of this giant campaign to prove that there's a liberal media bias. And now the Republicans are running with this stuff. And, and it's completely insane. I mean, it really is completely crazy, right? That they're deliberately... Um, what would be the best way of describing it? They're not presenting it factually at all, right? They're claiming something that no one, they're saying something that nobody's saying, right? So it's like Greenwald's argument that, you know, liberals are all against, you know, they're they're for free speech when it's their friends, but they're anti-free speech when it's not their friends. It's like, no, they're not saying that. They're not saying that at all, right? They're saying that, like Elon Musk can do what he wants with Twitter, right? But like Justin, as you were saying, it's about being a hypocrite. And Elon Musk exactly. is being a massive hypocrite. Uh, so this idea that there's a there's a um, you know there's a, a bias in the media is is at the heart of this sort of disinformation campaign, right? So you can say that there's um, liberal bias, which then means that you get to say whatever you want, right? And you can sp- spread as much shit as you as you can. Uh, and never get called out for it, but then say and then claim there's a liberal media bias, right? So there, it, it gives you cover to to spread disinformation uh, and claim that your disinformation is is equal. There's a both sides element to this as well, right? So that both sides are are true, right? So it, it's a it's very disingenuous. It's a very crafty um, sort of propaganda. Yeah, uh, and, and I think that's exactly what the whole Twitter files thing was about in the first place. They knew they were – I mean, you said they were useful idiots, but I don't think they were useful idiots at all. I think they knew exactly what they were doing because, I mean, if you look at – if you look at the there's Twitter – There's nothing there. There's nothing – there was nothing in the Twitter file. Nothing. No, nothing there, no nothing. there wasn't. But you have, to, you have to look at – you have to look at what Twitter – the whole point is, to, to, to my eyes, 
is if you have a platform where and i and i wrote this in my article if you have a platform where hate speech and disinformation get penalized well then the side that uses hate speech and disinformation is going to get penalized and mm. who is that that's the right wing that's republicans the left doesn't i mean they do some of it but they don't do nearly as much and that's the majority of what comes out of the right is either hate speech disinformation or both at the same time. That's what they rely on. They don't do anything else. They don't talk about policy. They don't talk about reality. They talk about how much they hate these people and they lie about everything all the time. So if a platform says, yeah, we're going to kind of punish that sort of behavior, that's not targeting any one side, but it's going to affect the right more than anything else because that's all they do so as if you're a right winger you're going to scream bias and it's like well stop doing that and it won't affect you anymore that's Mm. not twitter's fault necessarily you're the one doing something bad that's like a rapist running around saying my god these anti-rape laws are targeting me i feel persecuted well too fucking bad boo fucking who for you asshole you know so now with twitter files they can go out there and say, well, we're doing away with all this bias. And now they can go out there and lie and spew hate. And no one's going to be able to tell them no. Exactly. And that's what they want. That's what they're doing here. They're justifying what they're going to be doing in the next year and a half, two years leading up to the next election. Because, oh boy, are they going to need it. Right. And and it's this conflation between uh, about about the issues, right? So they're saying that... Twitter suppressing um, Hunter Biden laptop story is actually it's about the Democrats, right? The Democrats trying to suppress free speech. So the, there's going to be a, a, a House investigation, apparently, into this. Did you read about this? There's Elon Musk Twitter files have House GOP weighing congressional investigation. Um, they eyeing. This is I some Fox so News. Shocked. They're I eyeing. Invest- believed it. <laughs> right. Eyeing investigatory hearings into Twitter's purported censorship of former president. Trump, Donald Trump and conservatives when they take control of the U.S. House with representatives next month. Republicans say this latest installment of Elon Musk's Twitter files shows that censorship ran amok at the social media giant leading up to and after the 2020 election. Quote, big tech has appeared before the House Energy and Commerce Committee numerous times and have claimed they weren't shadow banning people on their platforms, said Representative Kathy McMorris-Rogers, the incoming chairman of the House Energy and Commerce Committee. Uh, these new Twitter files have exposed that was a lie. So what they're doing, obviously, this is, you know, Twitter. The idea is to conflate Twitter with liberals and and, and the old Twitter executives with liberals. Uh, liberals are Democrats. Therefore, pull them, pull Twitter up, make a big show trial out of, out of it. Nothing's going to happen. There won't be any, any findings, any prosecutions, anything like that. Uh, and get to smear Democrats for wanting to suppress free speech, right? Or uh, suppressing Republicans. So this is this is like a classic, you know. It's like the, you know Hunter Biden stuff, right? The people, they Republicans appear to think that Hunter Biden, the public believes that Hunter Biden is Joe Biden, right? When they're, do, 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 do you see what I'm saying? So it's like this yeah. guilt, guilt by association, uh, and that's their entire strategy. Well, that, that was the other thing I wrote about. They they wanted to do that, but Joe, the Hunter Biden thing was like old news. And everyone was like, mm. even Republicans, like, oh, my God, no one gives a shit anymore. 
right? That's right. old news. But and this is literally whatever. I'm going to read this real quick because I don't really want to repeat it in any other way. By dredging up Hunter Biden's laptop back into the news through Twitter files, uh, the GOP has, they hope, hit the refresh button. Now Joe Biden's son is fair game again, and no one can blame Republicans for investigating such an obvious threat to national security. And that's exactly what they're doing. That was from your piece, right? That was from your yep. piece? Yeah. That's exactly yeah. That's what I wrote back. I wrote that on Monday, and here they are Friday. That's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. Right. Here, here we go again. This is going to be. Called that, I called that exactly. It's like, wow, shocker. This is, this is going to be a very, very, very silly 2023 with it, um, when the GOP takes over the house. It's going to be absolutely ridiculous. So we've got, we've got that to look forward to in 2023. Um, so Bob, let's, we'll talk about your piece just quickly, the media bias, right? So this this is a great piece. Um, Joe Walsh actually read it and, uh, started um, messaging me. We, we messaged back and forth. We're going to, Bob and I are going to be on Joe Walsh's podcast on Monday morning. Uh, we'll post, be posting a link to that. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Joe Walsh, who was a former Republican congressman, ran for president in 2020 against Trump. Uh, he's actually a sort of, he's a never Trump Republican, was in the Tea Party, right? He was a fairly prominent activist in the Tea Party. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then had Isn't a he the guy of... that yelled, you lie? No, uh, no, that was a different guy. Um, okay. I can't remember the you lie guy's name, but yeah, it was different. Joe Walsh, uh, when he was a Tea Party Republican back in the day, I remember Ches and I talking about him. Because he was kind of a, I think he was a deadbeat. I think that was kind of the news that was surrounding mm. him. And then there was, a, I remember playing a tape of him just completely going off on a constituent, on a voter at a bar. And it was just unbelievable. But um, he has uh, since then, obviously, uh, identified as woke. I mean, he's uh, made a turnaround. And uh, and I kind of respect that. I respect someone who's willing to uh, cast aside everything he believed up to the, a certain point and uh, kind of see things a different way. And he's in the process of making that transformation. So that's why I give him a bit of uh, latitude. Yeah, I mean, he's still like a libertarian. He's he's still very um, he still has some conservative ideas, but he's willing to take on his he took on his own party. And I thought that that was that's kind of admirable, but obviously he, you know, he's been talking about there being a liberal media bias, and your piece kind of called him out. Um, and I thought that that was, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is. It, it's as you say in your article that the evidence. Um, this is about Twitter, for example. Uh, you said, according to Twitter's own 27-page internal study last year, is that the platform's algorithm favoured conservatives, not just in the US, but in other Western nations. Um, you, so there, there's Twitter. You talk, talk about all the other um, media platforms. Many journalists might be liberal in their personal lives, but their reporting sel- seldom, if ever, reflects a liberal gender or bias. Indeed, many news outlets such as NBC News, CNN and CBS deliberately slant their guest bookings, not to mention how they question those guests rightward in order to overcompensate against the accusation of a liberal bias. And, and, you know, we all write about this quite a lot. Justin, in particular, you, you've written a lot about this too, right? That the so-called liberal media bends over backwards to yep. um, accommodate Republican nonsense. I mean, they refuse to call Trump's lies lies for years. It was mad. Every other word except lie. Until, yeah. I mean, they literally said, 
we're, it's not our job to call him a liar until it's a Democrat. And then the, the word lie flows like wine. Right, right. So we're, we, it, it is part of this sort of dangerous myth that we're in, that there are, we're going to get to this. We've got a both sides segment. Um, this dangerous myth of there being two equal ways of viewing reality, right? There's, there's like the, the Democrats and Republicans, you know, it's like we're not talking about the same thing. That's, that's what I find so difficult, so hard to impress to people that, like, you can't really even have a conversation. I posted something on social media recently about talking to Trump supporters, right? About can you converse with Trump supporters? And my opinion is that you can't because you're not talking about the same reality. So that it's like talking slightly. Yeah, you're talking to a flat earther. So like, what do you even talk about? What do you, where do you even begin? The world is flat. The earth is flat. Uh, okay. I've been you know having a conversation with a guy who tells me that Trump is not in charge of the National Guard in D.C. It's Nancy Pelosi. And it's like, are you serious? You're, yeah. you're, you're really telling me this? And he swears it on a stack of Bibles. And he could prove it to me, but he's not going to. And it's like, yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. One of the examples I wrote about was, uh, for example, the budget deficit, where we know for a fact that let's limit it to recent democratic presidents going back to say Jimmy Carter. Uh, democratic presidents have always presided over a reduction in the federal budget deficit flying in the face of tax and spend liberals, that myth, right? It's somehow every time a Democrat is president, the deficit goes down. It's amazing. It's an amazing thing to behold. Uh, <laughs> just, and reporting that is not, a liberal media bias reporting that is simply the facts it's literally math yes exactly and so i always go back to the stephen colbert thing that he said on his whole old uh, colbert report show which is that reality has a well-known liberal bias sometimes (laughs) i I was i was gonna say sometimes most of the time news sounds liberal but it's just reporting what reality is and especially when you exist in an increasingly detached from reality Republican bubble. Naturally, actual reality is going to seem like it has a liberal bias even more than it has in the past. Yeah. So the more unhinged they become, the, the more glaring they see the differences between what they view as reality, which is just lies, propaganda, and disinformation, versus what actual reality is. You know, whether it's 98% of uh, climate scientists say that the climate crisis is real and humans are causing it and we need to do something. Otherwise we're going to go extinct eventually. That is not a liberal media bias. That's 98%. So what they're doing is saying, well, that 2%, <laughs> that 2% means something. There's a chance that none of that has happened. Well, t- t- for God's sake, read about statistics, learn about math. That's not the way it works. It's like uh, the end of dumb and dumber where Jim Carrey, I was talking to Lauren Holly, and she said, well, do we, do we have a chance? What do you think the chances are that we're going to end up together? And she said, one in a million. And he said, so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the, the way they look at these things. Well, you know, uh, Too we're so, yeah, we're so flooded with bullshit 24-7 that anything is going to look like bias. 
And uh, that's kind of yeah. the central thrust yeah. of it. The, the, by the way, the Michael Schellenberger, the third person, it was Matt Taibbi, Barry Weiss, and Michael Schellenberger. He's a professional climate change denier. Yeah, that of course. Was, that's his Of course job. he is. Yeah. Right. And there are not Matt. two sides to the climate change argument either, right? This is, again, the, the myth propagated by the right that there are, you know, it's open for debate, right? I mean, look, I'm not a climate scientist, right? But I take the fact that 99% of climate scientists agree there's a scientific consensus for a reason. I'm willing to defer to people who actually study this stuff, right? That That's what a, a reasonable, sane person does. Uh, look, I'm willing to re, I'm willing to lit to listen to to other ideas right i'm, I'm of course I'm, I'm open to listening to other ideas right but that doesn't mean i'm going to to put it on par with everything else right i mean i'll listen to a flat earther you know i'll say okay all right tell me what you got but i'm not going to present them as two legit arguments do, 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 you know what i mean it's I, I think you've always got to remain open-minded, right? And and science, for example, science works because people question orthodoxies all the time. And and a lot of scientific breakthroughs come with people who uh question the current paradigm and say, you know, I don't I, I think that sort of that's you know, presumption isn't is not right. Um and that's how paradigms shift within science. So it's important to have competing ideas and theories and 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 you know that's how science moves on. But Nevertheless, you have to like there are scientific consensus that those consensus are built for a reason. They, they exist for a reason because that's what the evidence suggests. That's what the evidence points to. So this this notion that and, and most of the geo, most of these Republicans uh, who are climate change deniers, they're doing it because they're paid by the oil and gas lobby. Right. That's why they they're paid to very, very opinion. well. <laughs> it's not because they're creative thinkers. It's not because they know anything about science. It's because their uh, political lives depend on being funded by by oil companies, right? So it, it, it's a huge distortion of, of again, like Bob, like you're saying about reality um, and, and this idea. And then you present it as there being a bias, right? It was like, oh, why are they all reporting on climate change being real? That's a liberal media bias. Uh, what? No, it's because that's what most scientists think. It's not a liberal media media bias. Um, Well, look, guys, moving on. uh, This is the fun part of the podcast that I wanted to to talk about. That we've all been talking about. (laughs) I I don't know if I can stop laughing. Um, It's the the Trump digital trading cards, right? Yeah. So catch them all, Brookie Mon. That's my personal favorite someone came up with. Right, so oh my god, <laughs> brilliant. Okay, so he he uh, he put this message out on his um, social media network, social tr- whatever it's called. I, I I refuse to even talk about it, like it's a <laughs> thing, right? But he he put, made this big announcement, and everyone's like, "Is he going to be talking about? Is he going to be releasing his um, uh, in, info on who's going to be his running mate? Is it going to be Carrie Lake or?" Uh, what's the other lunatic? Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene. That's what because I think Carrie Lake had been seen at Mar-a-Lago, right? So that there was some some noise that Carrie Lake was going to be on the Trump ticket. So people thought that was going to be the announcement, the grand announcement, but it <laughs> wasn't. Um, it was this major announcement was uh, a digital trading card of Trump dressed as a superhero. Um, 
on sale for $99. Well, there's a bunch of them, and they all look really stupid. Yeah, they're horrendous. (laughs) It's a a cowboy. He's a superhero. He's a wrestler. It's like, oh, boy, that's – I mean, it's super homoerotic, but whatever. We'll skip over that part. But what I found hilarious was some of the reactions. Even the right-wing reactions to this were were absolutely absolutely hilarious. Uh, one of them was one of the guys. I don't know if you guys saw this, but he was um, one of the January sixth rioters. <laughs> this guy's going to jail, right? And he wrote on Twitter, um, "I'm going to find it." He said, I, "I, I can't believe this is from Baked Alaska. You can find find a Twitter account. It's at Baked Alaska. This guy is going to jail for his involvement in the January sixth right? He tweeted that. He said, "I can't believe I'm going to jail for an NFT salesman." I think Steve Bannon said, I can't do this anymore as well, right? In regards <laughs> to this thing, it's fallen. It's been such a spectacular face plant that, that even his most militant supporters, even the people going to jail for him. Well, I mean, you know, they sold out, right? Uh, this is, I mean, amazing. apparently they, they did, which they're means all that, gone. yeah, Donald Trump apparently yeah. raked in, uh, what, what is it? $4.4 million overnight. In like uh, twelve well, hours. No, I'm sorry. It was 288 million rubles. Ah! <laughs> right. Or it was 16 million rials from uh, the Saudi Arabians. It's one of those two. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, the, the address, the address of the company that apparently licensed his name and likeness and got him to do the commercial. The company is registered to his West Palm Beach golf club. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a surprise. what the fuck is going? What he licensed his own likeness and name to himself? Apparently, uh, I have no idea. Yeah, and you, I, you, and you know about you? Did you you know about the ten percent thing? Right, you saw that where if some so normally oh, yeah. when you buy an yeah. NFT, yeah. it's yours, you own it, right? But with these, if you resell it, because you know that's the whole point. You buy it, it goes up in value. You resell it; it's a commodity. If you resell this, the contract, the the, the terms of service for this thing, you have to give back ten percent to Trump. Wow, which is unfucking believable. Like even the grift has a grift on the grift. It's, it's amazing. Just, it's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. So, <laughs> whatever you know, people are no. that stupid. Then, but. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, this is a money laundering thing. Someone pointed that out, and I was just like, and the fact that it sold out that quickly, it's a money laundering thing. Someone the funniest thing to me a whole lot was, of money. Yeah, and the funniest thing to me was the commercial that he recorded for it. Because, oh, Christ, I, I didn't even see it. Yeah, and I remembered this line. This, this particular line is the funniest, maybe the funniest things he, he's ever said. He, he was talking about the prizes that you could win if you enter. And by the way, you can enter to win one of the prizes without actually buying the NFT. You can do it. Uh, no purchase necessary. But he was talking about the prizes that amazing prizes like dinner with me. I don't know if it's a, an amazing prize, but it's what we have. But it's wow. what we have. <laughs> that is so goddamn funny to me. It's like that should be Amazing. his 2024 campaign slogan. Donald Trump 2024, <laughs> but it's what we have. <laughs> not amazing. It's not, I don't know if it's amazing, but it's what we have. 
Absolutely, oh, my, my, it is amazing. I mean, it, 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 on a sort of more serious note, right? I think this is like a sign that he's in real trouble, <laughs> right? There, he's yeah. got legal bills. Like he has legal bills mounting by the second, um, and he's kind of worried. Like you know, look, the whole presidential campaign thing, Bob. I think you've you talked about this. That this is essentially a ruse, anyway. It's it's yeah, a hustle. probably, probably a hustle. Um, but this is just another sign that the guy is desperate. I mean, I, I don't, I can't understand who, who advised him to do this unless he's desperate for money. Uh, you'd only do this if you were desperate for money. Yeah, I don't see a lot of billionaires doing little scams like this. Right. <laughs> so, right, 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 right. Just right, to right, say right. that he's not a billionaire is what I mean. Yes. And they're, 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 you know, I don't necessarily think he's a billionaire either. I think he might, I think he probably isn't. You know, we know that um, the more we're going to learn about Trump's taxes soon, um, we're going to know we're going to know exactly what he has. That's yep. going to be fun. Can't yeah, wait. That, that's going to be a whole other Pandora's box. Uh, so, uh, m- moving on uh, to the next piece, we're going to have our uh, both sides segment. So, um, my pick this week is uh, uh, Ron DeSantis. Um, so Governor Ron DeSantis has formed a panel to counter the CDC. Um, this was reported by the Washington Post. Florida, quote, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announced Tuesday that he's forming a new state committee to counter policy recommendations from federal health agencies. Jesus. A decision that medical professionals said will further politicize medicine in the Sunshine State. At a news conference in South Florida, DeSantis also said he's requesting a statewide grand jury investigation into alleged crimes and wrongdoings related to the coronavirus vaccine. He provided few details on what specifically he wants a panel to probe, but in a press release, his office noted side effects like myocarditis, a type of heart inflammation that have been observed in rare cases. Uh, Ron DeSantis said, in Florida, you know, it is against the law to mislead and to misrepresent, particularly when you're talking about the efficacy of a drug. Let's wow. just uh, let's just take a moment to digest that, right? This is a guy who urged people to get vaccines as well, right? This is a guy who... Um, once upon a time. Yeah, once upon a time. Why is he doing this? Do I need to ask? Obviously, you know why he's doing this. Do I need you to know- ask why he's doing this? You know, like like five years ago, one of the things I was absolutely fucking terrified about, maybe it was like right, it was a little while after Trump got elected or maybe right before, but I was absolutely fucking terrified that they were going to start politicizing vaccines. This is long before COVID, mm. but I was terrified that they were going to start um, politicizing vaccines. Terrified because... That means, I mean, it wouldn't. I mean, it wouldn't matter. It would start with one, and then it would go to another, and it would literally spread like a disease. And that's what's starting to happen. It's it started with the COVID vaccine, and it started spreading to others. And now they don't want to do the measles. They don't want to do chickenpox. They don't want to do, and it's just going to spread to all kinds of like vaccine um, usage in this country is just going down every fucking year because of these people. There's, you know, they're just starting to distrust the science behind it more and more, which means all the childhood diseases are starting to come back. And it's just a matter of time mm-hmm. until shit like polio. I mean, my kids are getting old enough where this isn't going to be a huge problem for mm. them, which is like, oh, thank fucking God. 
But, you know, Ben, you've got little kids. You've got, you know, a good decade and a half ahead of you still where you have to worry about this shit now. Mm. And it's just fucking bonkers insane that we have to look forward to a future where all the childhood diseases that our grand our parents and grandparents had to deal with are going to be back because of the fucking Republicans. It's yep. unbelievable. I, I find it so staggering that they're completely willing. The anti-vaxxers are completely willing to allow their children to get polio, potentially. I mean, it's just it's an incredible thing to observe. I've been saying this all week as well, and this is in relation to the Ron DeSantis jihad in Florida against vaccines, for God's sake, is that we're on the verge of mRNA vaccines for cancer, uh, various types of serious cancer. There's even one that we're on the cusp of having commercial availability of where it, it lengthens the lifespan of people who get glioblastoma, brain cancer. Mm. It lengthens their lifespan by a factor of years and years and years. In fact, there's one person in one of the studies who has survived, I want to say something like five to eight years, somewhere in that range so far with glioblastoma, even though it's something that moves quickly and kills people fast. See also mm. John McCain and Ted Kennedy, Neil Peart from Rush, and so many others. And uh, the, we're on the verge of a va- mRNA vaccine for that. And I wonder if they're going to allow themselves to get things like colon cancer just to own the libs. Just to, yeah. Yeah. I mean, surprised. it's not, we're not talking about something that's uh, contagious either. We're talking about something that they could end up getting. And if it rolls out under, say, President Biden, and in fact, I think Joe Biden has put a lot of uh, money and emphasis into this moonshot against cancer. Mm. I wonder just because it's a Joe Biden thing, they're just going to say, ah, you know what? Nope. We're not going to get vaccinated for that. We're going to roll the dice and see, (laughs) we're going to roll the dice with colon cancer. Well, you know what the thing is with with polio? It's been like 70 years. Yeah. None of the, none of the parents around now, uh, they don't know. They don't understand really what, what it was like. Their parents only vaguely, remember it like sort like I, there was a shining moment a shining moment before trump where bill o'reilly flew uh like he threw an absolute hissy fit on tv when he was still on tv about the anti-vaxxers because he was old enough he's old enough to remember and he was just like oh this is no no i was there for polio you get your goddamn vaccines because that was a goddamn nightmare and i was yeah. just like Yay, Bill O'Reilly, because he would live through it and he remembered how horrific it was. But now it's Republican orthodoxy to keep your goddamn mouth shut about it and just let the anti-vaxxers run rampant. Yeah. So he doesn't really say any well, not that he has much of a platform anymore, but still <laughs> right, right. but you know, right. the older older Republicans just stay quiet and the younger ones don't remember because they weren't there. You know, so it's like, oh, how bad could polio be? It's like, have you seen the goddamn pictures of the iron lungs? It was fucking horrific. But they don't know. They, they don't, or they don't think it'll be that bad until it is. And then it's too late. Yeah. I mean, this is, again, Ron DeSantis. Like, he's just, he's doing this. This is how shameless these these people are. Um, but they're pro-life. See, Never forget yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, again, this is, in the, my bo- this is my both sides pick. Because Save the you, children. You don't, yeah. 
you don't see Democrats doing this, right? They, you do not see categorically, you do not see this happen. You do not see Democrats playing with people's lives like this. This is, you're playing with people's lives here, right? You're creating doubt about the COVID vaccine. Uh, the COVID vaccine has saved millions of lives, millions of lives, right? We know that for a fact. Uh, they work. Um, you know, it's important that people take get these vaccines. Uh, it does stop the spread as well. Um, there's a lot of myths about that not stop, uh, stopping the spread. It does um, because it reduces, um, you know, it, it protects you from the virus. So if you don't get COVID, then you don't spread it. So, of course, it stops the spread. Um but yeah, I again, this, there's no equivalent in between the two sides, between Democrats and Republicans. This is the kind of nonsense that these guys pull. They're willing to politicise a vaccine for political gain. Absolutely shameful. Uh, okay, Justin, your pick this week. Uh, I've got Matt Walsh, who is no relation to Joe Walsh. Um, <laughs> he went on his. He went on the Daily Wire video. This is from uh, We Hunted the Mammoth which is such a fun website to read about these people. And he was going on about um, transgender women. Um, so this is, he's been redefining transgender women going into bathrooms and locker rooms as a act of violence against, um, well, non-transgender women. Um, so it's no, it's no surprise when we hear about acts of violence against women carried out by quote unquote trans people in bathrooms and locker rooms and so on, because how could that be, be a surprise? Now I'm going to take a moment to remind everyone as Bob keeps pointing out, there are no, there are no records of this happening. Like this does not happen Mm -hmm. at all. There's just, there's just nothing. It just, they keep studying this and it's like, they may have found one case of this happening in the last several years, possibly, but otherwise this is not a thing. So when he says we keep hearing about it, they're hearing about it because the right keeps lying about it. So, you know, if I were to keep saying, if I said every day that Bob eats tuna fish and peanut butter and then say, well, we hear about this all the time, that doesn't actually mean it's happening. It just means that I keep saying it's happening. So, okay. So that's really gross that you eat that, Bob. I know. Um, So we're going to get back to his quote. Um, (laughs) Their very presence in that space is an act of violence in and of itself. Now, uh, okay, so for a man to enter a private female space where females are vulnerable exposed, that is an act of sexual harassment in and of itself. Uh, You're an abuser simply by walking into the room. Um, And as um, the the guy who writes – the Dave Fruit, 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 yeah, Frutel, Frutel, I can't pronounce his name. I'm sorry. But the guy who writes, the guy behind We Hunted the Mammoth points out redefining just the act of being in the, the bathroom or uh, a locker room as an act of violence invites people to commit violence against transgender people. That's the point of this. Right. Your presence, your, your existence means I get to be violent against you. That's the point of redefining this as an act of violence. So, you know, he's just setting the stage. He's creating a permission structure for people to violently attack transgender women, uh, mostly transgender women, right? Because it's, you know, going into the the bathrooms and locker rooms. But he's doing it, and he's doing it with that intent. He's Mm. doing it specifically for that intent in order to create that permission structure for people to attack them. And that's one of the reasons that transgender people do not use the bathrooms in public often because it causes them to get harassed, 
physically assaulted, sexually assaulted, and it's just a huge, huge problem. And he's contributing to that, and he's doing it knowingly because he's a piece of shit. And there is nothing like that on the left. Nope. There's just no no equivalent on the left whatsoever. Yeah, I just can't understand why you would. It's it's so cruel that you can disagree, right, with um, <clears throat> some of the you know the the orthodoxy on the um, you know. That, you know, it, within the trans, um, what, you know, the identity politics stuff and the the uh, definite definitions of of men and women and pronouns and whatnot, you can you can you can respectfully disagree, right? Like I I don't I you know look I'm on the fence about this stuff. I don't know I don't know enough about it. Um, I'm not necessarily a fan of uh, some of the you know displaying people. Gender pronouns all the time. Um, I think that you know, I don't have a problem with it. I just, you know, I'm just not going to do it myself. Uh, but why would you, why would you do something that you know is going to hurt the most, probably the most vulnerable minority group in history? Right. Well, that's the answer, isn't it? Because they're vulnerable and yes, they're they monsters. That they always target the most vulnerable people they can, especially if they can get to kids. They love yeah. targeting kids. It's just, it, it makes me sick. It's, it's, it's just disgusting. It really is. That guy is a, is a, is a genuine, um, I want to f- we'll focus a lot more on this guy uh, over the next, uh, uh, over the next few months. I think he needs um, some fact checking and uh, he needs uh, to be held accountable for this. So we're going to be going after this guy, this dirtbag. Um, uh, Bob, <coughs> your pick this week. Well, my pick is uh, so I don't think I've picked her before. <laughs> that sounds weird. I don't think I've picked <laughs> Lauren Boebert before. Never picked her. I just, have. I would, in fact, if even if I had the chance, I wouldn't pick her. Um, but no, seriously, uh, <clears throat> it's something I've been talking about for a while now, and she stepped right into it as well, except this time it was one of the first times I've seen someone say this out loud. Lauren Boebert talked about, um, obviously, the border, immigration, and she believes that Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, Secretary of Homeland Security, should be impeached. And here's why. On Mayorkas's watch, over 14,000 pounds of fentanyl was seized in fiscal year 2022 at our southern border. That is an all-time record high. So we're back at this again. Oh, Th- that somehow seizing a record high amount of drugs at the border is bad and impeachable offense on top of that. Uh, I, I don't understand this. And you know what? In fact, a couple of people have explained it to me over the past couple of days that, oh, what they're really saying is so much more drugs are coming across the border that aren't being seized. Well, my question is then why aren't they saying that? Why are they using this language that sounds like they're ballyhooing how great Joe Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas has been with regard to stopping uh, drugs coming across the border? And in fact, it's not really fentanyl is not being smuggled across the Rio Grande and shit like that. Fentanyl is coming in at points of entry at uh, airports and so on. And that's how it's coming in. And so 
that's not even accurate. They're trying to portray it as though there are uh, quote unquote coyotes loading this material into boxes and throwing it over Donald Trump's big, beautiful wall and, uh, you know, entering Texas and Arizona and New Mexico with it when that's not necessarily the case. So here we are back at this again. Yeah. Yeah. God. Oh my God. Not happening on the left, by the way. No, no, of course not. Um, I, I just don't, I really also, I just can't get my head around the fact that if they're seizing it, then that means they're stopping it from getting into the country. I just, I don't understand why that's not a success. But yeah, it, it obviously is. And, right, and as I, I said, I there's some sort of uh, point that they're trying to get across here, which they're not getting across. So this goes into my list of why the Republicans aren't as good at politics as sometimes we give them credit for. Just to be clear, <laughs> it's not good politics. It's stupid. No, it, it's really it's really dumb politics. Uh, yeah, but Lauren Bobo is a favorite of mine. I love I love talking about Lauren Bobo because she's completely nuts. Um, she almost and sort of really that. not that smart. Yeah, no, yeah. and dumb. Yeah, it's Marjorie. It's not quite Marjorie Taylor Green levels of dumbness, but but almost. Um, right, that, right. That, that, the, Marjorie Taylor Green is a, that. That's a really special case. Uh, but Lauren <laughs> Boebert is is uh, she's up there. Um, well, look, everybody, that's our show uh, for the year, for the end of the year. Uh, we really appreciate uh, you checking, and we'll be back next year. Um, we're going to hop into the members only podcast now where we're going to do a little review of the year. Like what the fuck just happened in 2022? This was <laughs> one of the, this has been one of the most nuts years that I've covered like in global events. This has been a truly crazy one. Yeah. Um, even for America and for the world and for pandemics and whatnot. Uh, this has been particularly crazy. Uh, so we're going to be jumping into 22, talking about uh, on a personal level and in the news, like what we've all been through this year. Um, so please come and join us there. You can get a free trial on Banter membership. Please just come and listen. Uh, it should be fun. Um, if you like what we do, Banter membership is great. It's going to get you access to all of our premium content, the members only podcast, which we're going to be renaming next year, by the way, just a, uh, a preview. And uh, our locked archive. And um, thank you all for listening. We really hope you have a great Christmas. If you celebrate Christmas uh, and um, a wonderful new year, and we'll see you uh, in 2023 on the podcast. We'll still be. I'm going to be um, uh, writing next week. I'll be covering stuff on the on the newsletter next week as well. So stay tuned for that. Um, awesome guys, let's jump into the members only podcast.